So you guys know I don't do a whole lot of clothing brand partnerships unless I really believe in them. And I found one of those today that I want to share with you because it's really inspiring. It's called Hustle, Grind, Grow. So the website is hustlegrindgrow.com. And who they are is really simple. They're a brand that represents people who are willing to do what other people aren't. What that means is relentlessly pushing through every obstacle to achieve your goal and reach the next level for whatever you're trying to achieve. It's for people who refuse to be outworked by anyone else. Hustle, grind, grow. It can be applied to many different areas of your life from working towards graduation or getting your job, that job promotion that you've wanted, working out, or even starting a new job that others felt was out of your reach. This brand, their goal is to inspire you to remember that you are capable of greatness. And all you need to do is get some hustle, grind, and grow gear, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So what kind of gear do they have? And what kind of gear do they have? Very simply, hoodies and t-shirts. And on these t-shirts and these hoodies, what does it say? Things like hard work works, change is inevitable, growth is optional. There are also others that just have the brand on it and say hustle, grind, grow. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. This gear will inspire you and it will inspire others as they see what you are working for and towards. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. You can also find them on Instagram at hustlegrindgrow1 or TikTok at hustlegrindgrow1. So check out their gear. It will inspire you, and I can guarantee that you'll be placing an order soon once you see what they have to offer. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast. It's time here on Monday Night Raw Review. And yes, tonight we have a co-host. Believe it or not, we have a co-host. Michael Gross returns to the show after a few months of not being here, as all the co-hosts have been a bit MIA because of me. But uh, we're slowly starting to incorporate them back. And he joins us for about an hour or so discussing everything from Monday Night Raw, the go-home show of Raw, to the Royal Rumble event. That is this Saturday night. And we cover raw in depth and touch a little bit on the rumble we didn't do our normal long form i know many as many of you love our two two and a half hours sometimes longer conversations but uh, we tried to wrap up everything we could in a about half that time and i think we did a decent job and it's just like riding a bike right you, you just jump right back on and you you remember exactly how to how to converse with people believe it or not so um, he'll be here in just one minute but i want to give a shout out to our newest patron at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. It's Kareem. Kareem, thank you for your support. I do appreciate it. And I know I saw you, you did message and said you've been uh, listening on Spotify for a few years and you've thought it's about time and see what you're missing out on. So thank you, Kareem. I'll be sending you the link to the discord server by the time you hear this you should have already gotten it so that'll be coming your way and i encourage everybody listening if you want to get rid of those ads and i know there's a lot of them lately i get it pain in the neck but you can eliminate them with just a dollar a month that's like i don't know how many pennies a day and it gets you all of our access all of our episodes ad free which is essentially all access and 
It gives you a Discord server. And the shout out that you just heard, I can do for you too. Right? You get a shout out and you get a shout out and you get a shout out. We're gonna we're gonna Oprah Winfrey it over here with all the shout outs and I'd encourage you to go ad free. I really would. I mean, yes, of course, a dollar is only a dollar and it, it does support the show, but I do believe that it provides a pretty good value. I do. I truly believe that. I mean, hundreds of episodes for a dollar with ad free forever. Not bad. That's also available on Apple Podcasts directly on Apple Podcasts on the on our uh, page. So uh, the other thing is before we get going is Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. They are going to do this week's mailbag. Please send in your questions and comments. If you're on Patreon, you can send your message directly in the in-app messaging system. You don't have to email me. I will uh, prioritize any messages I get directly on Patreon. Just let me know you want this for the mailbag. It's for Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. Please send your questions. We're pretty light on questions this week, so I'm hopeful that everybody is just waiting until tomorrow to just bombard me with questions. And I hope that I hope so because Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan do such a great job, and they're looking forward to uh, hosting, in part, the mailbag tomorrow night. That'll be uh, right, right here on this feed, and I'll be doing the voicemails as well. I'll be doing all the voicemails that we get through email and through our our number. And if you don't know what that number is, I can give it to you right now. If you lost it or you're a new listener, call this number. Leave us a voicemail. It's 518-952-0247. That's our number. You get three minutes to call or leave your message. Of course, we have people that abuse the system, and I allow it because I'm a pushover and call multiple times, but in theory, three minutes is the cutoff for your message. So that's the number if you want to call us and leave a voicemail. Uh, I promise that no matter what time you call, I won't pick up and say, who's this, and make it awkward. It's an unmanned number. So no awkward pickups. It goes nowhere but into our our uh, our online voicemail system. So uh, thank you, everybody, once again for joining us here on the WWE Podcast. We're going to get into the Monday Night Raw review with Michael Gross right now. That's right. No more waiting. Michael Gross and myself returning for the Monday Night Raw review. Thanks, everybody. And tomorrow, again, mailbag questions. Go to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. Don't disappoint. Send them in, and I'll uh, forward them on to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan for them to answer, and I'll be doing voicemails. So thank you, everybody. And I'll be doing also the preview and prediction show this week. Busy, busy, busy week. You mean multiple, I, mean, I don't think there's not going to be a day without a show, especially with the Rumble. It's going to be busy. So stay right here. All of your coverage for the Royal Rumble post show, everything will be right here. So thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. And as always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. The Royal Rumble is this Saturday night and tonight, guys, believe it or not, it's it's true. The rumors are true. We do have a guest co-host tonight, not in the normal long form format, but I haven't been able to do that in the last couple of months with family uh, expanding in my home and, and uh, dad obligations. But tonight we've got the Gardner, Michael Gross, back with us. Yes, the, the Gardner is back to talk about Monday Night Raw. We'll talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble, but we're going to make the most of our time tonight and just get right into it. But uh, welcome back, Mr. Gross. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me back. As always, a pleasure. As always, it's very humbling to be on the show. I can't wait to talk a little raw, a little little rumble, and uh, kind of discuss uh, basically what we saw on Monday and kind of make it a little bit better of a pill to swallow for everybody. 
Yeah, we're, we're going to try to find some good here. and There is some good. I, I really do believe that. And I actually do have a match or two that I really enjoyed. And I thought one of them was pay-per-view quality, and we'll get into that. Before I, I do the rundown, i got to ask, do you like Brock Lesnar's cowboy look or his farmer look or whatever he's doing? Are you are you a fan of this Brock Lesnar version? This week we got the cowboy. Uh, actually, I didn't see it as a cowboy. I saw it as uh, the creepy plastic Burger King with a hat on. A cowboy hat on. That's that's kind of what I see when I look into his eyes, especially with that incredibly manicured mustache thing that he goes, has going on. If you could go back, folks, and pause it and just look at the way his mustache is is manicured over his lip. Oh, magnifique. I've tried to do that. I can't do that. It looks like it's plastic. That look is crazy. It, it just makes me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, and and certainly we're seeing a different version of Brock Lesnar. We'll get into that in a little bit later on. But uh, let's. Ru- I'm going to run down the matches, and then what I want you to do is pick out one or two that you really enjoyed and why. So um, in order, we got Bianca Belair versus the women's one half of the women's tag team championship, which really means nothing, unfortunately. Of Queen Zelina, and we had Bianca Belair win that match. We had United States Championship with Damian Priest. Versus Kevin Owens, where we saw Kevin Owens get the or the disqualification victory. We had let's see a six woman tag team match with Rhea Ripley, Dana Brooke, Liv Morgan versus Carmella, Tamina, and Nikki Ash, where the winners were Rhea Ripley, Dana Brooke, and Liv Morgan by submission. We got a well that's a segment a spelling bee academic challenge. We can maybe talk about that a little bit later on. We got. Uh, Chad Gable versus Randy Orton in a uh, just a I guess a momentum match and let's see Randy Orton obviously won that matchup AJ Styles versus Austin Theory that saw AJ Styles win that match despite Vince McMahon's mumbling and grumbling and telling uh, AJ telling uh, telling uh, Austin Theory he better have a good selfie when he comes back unbelievably that wasn't enough to push him over the edge and then we got the tag team match between the Street Profits versus the Mysterios that saw the Mysterios get the victory. Mar- uh, Maurice's birthday celebration. Okay, we could talk about that a little bit later as well. But that is the rundown. Give us at least one that you did like. I think hands down everybody's going to have to agree with me on AJ Styles versus uh, Austin Theory. Um, from the pre-match segments, you know that Austin Theory's hot on Vince McMahon's um, stove, so to speak, right now. I mean, he's got the burner cranked up to a million. The problem is the direction that you're putting him in with going half goofy and comedic versus um, his actual push, which is looking good. The match was solid. Um, there was a couple little uh, editing gaffes in there, but that's going to happen with any Raw. Uh, aside from that, though, it was a great match, and I see a very, a much bigger underlying tone here going on, and if people don't see it, it's the fact that week one, he goes against Finn Balor and defeats him. Week two, he goes against AJ Styles and loses, um, but it's because somehow, if you look at it, both, well, Finn Balor was the original leader of Bullet Club, and the person who took over for him was AJ Styles, and I think that there's some kind of theme going on here. Um, I don't know why they put Styles over in the end, but I wouldn't be surprised if these three run into each other in the Rumble itself, and that grows into a bigger situation and or maybe a formation of the three. Um, 
it's it's very interesting just who has been handpicked and is it me or is mcmahon like one shade of blue away from looking like the cookie monster <laughs> he talks like him too i mean the, yeah. uh, the cookie monster is more intelligible than uh, vince mcmahon at this point like i've said vince mcmahon needs subtitles because i can't understand half of what he says like i get a word here and there it's very old man gotta constantly clear your throat to understand what the hell he's saying uh and you know they, they try to put makeup on him to make him not look 105 years old and look, age is going to get to everybody. Even the great Vince McMahon that once defeated God in a tag team match will eventually succumb to Father Time. And we're seeing it right before our eyes. But you're right. AJ Styles' Austin Theory, I would say, is one of my matches. Another one, and I, I got to say that this one really got the crowd involved, too, was Randy Orton versus Chad Gable. I mean, Chad Gable, one of the best-kept secrets of WWE. Um, one of the more underutilized talents in terms of like just how good you forget he is until he gets into the ring. An Olympic athlete, Randy Orton, a veteran, and you know I know a lot of people say Randy Orton needs time off. He needs time off. He needs to go away. But he can put on a hell of a match still too, and he it feels like Randy Orton's still 25 years old. Uh, sometimes the way that he performs, and yes, he's been constantly on our screens for a while. There is that, but this matchup I really enjoyed Randy Orton versus Chad Gable. I know there was nothing really on the line other than the all important momentum. But what did you think about Randy Orton versus Chad Gable in, in this matchup that saw Randy Orton uh, get the victory? Well. First of all, it's like you said, Randy Orton's been all over our radar. It's not that he's been all over our radar. He is the radar. Now, when I'm always preaching for him to go away, it's not because I'm preaching for him to go away because I'm tired of him. It's just the fact that Randy needs a break. I've been saying it for two years on your show. Randy's tired. I don't want to see him get some career-ending injury because they won't put anybody else out there. Yet there's not as many people out there, and I don't care what you guys say. You call him Randy Borton. You can put him into any situation, and he will make it happen, and he will uplift that situation. Whether you want to admit it or not, Randy Orton is the marquee player, and he has been for close to 20 years because he is that good. This match, I enjoyed uh, the only the only snafu in this match was, uh, you know, at the end when Gable went for the moonsault and then changed corners. And that's because that was obviously for camera. I mean, it, if people don't understand, like, how many times have you ever seen someone get pinned with the person on top pinning with their back to the camera? It never really happens unless there's like a somebody got knocked out situation by a belt or excuse me, a championship or something like that, um, it's always you have to face the hard cam. So that's the only thing that I noticed was kind of a snafu. Um, but, I mean, I wasn't a fan of the segment leading into it. That was just garbage. That was rubbish. Yeah. It was silly. You know, I mean, you've got you've got Gable, who's an amazing wrestler, that, like you said, he's been a well-kept secret. You notice his facial contortions and is, is looking more Kurt Angle, but yet they're, they're molding a lot of Chris Nowinski into him with the, you know, brainiac power of the 4.0. And then you have Francis, I mean, Otis, sorry, Pee Wee Herman reference, um, you know, as his backup there. And and then you've got the whole RK bro, you know, Matt Riddle. Can we spell? Can we not spell? It, it's just a silly segment when you the takeaway from it was just a really good match. It was a solid match. I wouldn't say this was pay-per-view quality. I think without the, the Gaga in front of it and without um, – the shenanigans at ringside and if you just let them do what they do and not force it down our throats because it's the raw the go home raw um and let them relax a little bit it could have been a pay-per-view quality match instead of trying to rush it because you spent so much time on the segment i guess right now there's no such thing as a pay-per-view quality match because pay-per-views don't exist anymore don't forget they're now premier live events 
They just there's no such thing. So there now is no such thing. Um, but no, I, I, and it's going to take me a long time to take that verbiage out of my out of my uh, my vocabulary because of how many times we've said pay-per-view probably thousands and thousands you know so it's going to take time for us to call it i'm just going to call it the event or just name it it's just the royal rumble or whatever's coming up so um but i get why they took away the pay-per-view name because pay-per-view is kind of a dead concept it's all streaming so it makes sense um but now the one thing i'll say did you take note of the way that chad gable sold that rko i mean the way that he sold that he got he got spiked onto the mat in a safe way, but I don't think anybody has ever sold the RKO quite like that. The way Chad Gable did at the end, it was I, I really enjoyed it because it was just so it, it looked so devastating, but also safe at the same time. Well, it wasn't it wasn't your typical go limp and roll onto your back so Randy can take the pin. It was it was actual selling, like you said, which is a lost art. The only other person who sells of that high quality. Uh, high caliber quality, excuse me, a little stuttering kicking in there, um, is Dolph Ziggler. He's the only other person who can get a little uh, poetic license with his selling and and really drive a point home to make something look great. I would have actually sold it looking so, or excuse me, saved the selling of it looking so good for a pay-per-view match just to make, excuse me, live event match. I'm such a fool. <laughs> see, see, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, for for a streaming quality <laughs> match um just to put a bigger exclamation point on it but also shows you some of the the surprises and secrets that are inside gable that we saw years ago in nxt that they've kind of uh they they just they didn't know what to do and also folks remember enjoy chad gable while you can because once gable stevenson if he ever actually makes it to the to the main roster he's gonna just be chad you can't have two Gables. He's just going to be Chad, or he'll go or back shorty, to Shorty G. Shorty G, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. No, not Shorty. No, dear Lord, no. But, um, you know, and then, then Otis can fully turn out to, turn into uh, Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and then, you know, we just got Shorty G and Francis. So uh, so let, let me ask you this, too. Now that we have WrestleMania on the horizon, we're officially in WrestleMania season, do you foresee uh, Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton at excuse me, just Riddle versus Orton at WrestleMania. Don't forget, it's the most stupendous two-night event because stupendous needed to be defined to us by 18 different ways on SmackDown last week. Uh, But do you feel that if this match happens, it's going to be Riddle that turns on Orton or Orton turns on Riddle or or none? And maybe they're just in a tag team match. Just kind of a quick WrestleMania thought because a lot of people are thinking that it's going to be Riddle turning on Orton. The money's in Riddle turning on Orton. And... um... If it's going to happen, if if the seeds aren't planted at the Rumble itself, then it's not going to happen. It, it'll be too little too late or it's going to be really forced. So it needs to if, – if we're going to have this WrestleMania match, it needs to start – it's it's so easy to start at the Rumble match itself. And um, they you know bump into each other back-to-back the classic. Then they go at it. Um, Orton throws out Matt Riddle. Um, then later on it becomes, they, they lose a tag team rematch, something along those points, but Matt real needs to turn on Orton to make it fresh because we're tired of, um, basically we, we've gotten something out of Orton now for the better part of a year where he's in this forced baby, baby face situation. And he's, he's worn it well because he's Randy Orton. He can make anything work. And for him to turn heel again is typically what we're expecting and typically what we're always force fed. I love Twinkies. I love Twinkies all the time, but sometimes I just want some carrots dipped in hummus. 
surprise me. Give me the carrots dipped in hummus, and it's just as good of a treat, a lot more protein, and with more protein, more sustenance, and that's what we need. If Matt Riddle is the heel, more sustenance. Then we've got a better storyline to go with going into WrestleMania. Now, see, guys, this is what you get, what you don't get when I'm just hosting the show. These food analogies don't exist when I am just hosting the show. So see what you're missing out on. Um, I mean, it's been too long since I've heard that. Uh, but yeah, you, yeah, you're exactly right. And I think the money is in Riddle turning on Orton because don't forget the the uh, Royal Rumble is also in St. Louis. What is St. Louis? It is Randy Orton's hometown, right? Exactly. So why wouldn't you want to put the heat immediately on Riddle? Where if you try to turn Orton in front of his home crowd, good luck. I mean, it, it's not going to happen. So I think the, the really the the stage is set for Riddle to possibly turn on Orton. On, on this Saturday night. So, uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's continue on here with. Uh, did did you have any other with Monday Night Raw? But did you have any other matches you really liked, or are you about ready to to, to go into the matches maybe that you weren't such a fan of? Um. Well, well, basically those those were the the two best matches of the night, hands down. We didn't have a whole lot of real wrestling because we had so many segments, but we can talk about that in a second. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on was. Um, Kevin Owens versus uh, Damian Priest was just very convoluted. And um, while it it has all the potential in the world to be great, and these guys have worked each other in Ring of Honor many years ago. Um, And, of course, back then, as Punishment Martinez, he was very, very green, Damian Priest, that is. So um, what I'd like to touch on real quick is the fact that the the match has all the potential in the world, and it fell short uh, because I'm sure you noticed Damian Priest's – turn into a psycho was very watered down and very um i don't want i don't know what the term is it was stodgy it was it was like he was rusty like i should turn now oh i'm gonna give him those forearms and mm-hmm. yeah that, yeah, that was the boss at oh. work um which i'm sure he probably needs me at this point but he can hold for a minute um so yeah what it comes down to is when he went and did all those elbow attacks, uh, it looked very weak. It looked very uh, like he was convincing himself to turn. Yeah, it looked forced. It looked like you're exactly right. He looked at his watch. He's like, oh, crap, it's time to time to turn on the, the, the dark side of me. All right, let's go and get into character. And yeah, this is it's exactly right. And I, I actually am a Damian Priest fan. I think that he's got a great speaking voice. He's got one of the more deep, masculine, commanding voices on the roster. Um, if, if Vince McMahon could transplant Damian Priest's voice into Brock Lesnar's body, I think he would, you know, he, he would have a, you know, a, that'd be his wet, wet dream. Um, but we have a, a, a situation here with Kevin Owens, who is playing the heel versus Damian Priest, who is supposed to be the babyface, and yet now this side of Damian Priest is costing him matches where he gets disqualified. The crowd's booing because they don't like a non-finish. They feel like they've been cheated, and understandably. And Damian Priest, who is turned, has now got the crowd angry because, hell, we didn't get a finish. And this is our babyface who didn't allow us to get a clean finish. And, you know, it's just kind of a weird thing. And I don't understand why he's called himself the demon that comes out of him as Damien. That's your name. Like, can't can't you name it something else? Because that's already your first name. It's weird that he names the darkness Damien when that's his first name already. It, it, it's that's a little weird. But I mean, I get the that whole part of it. And he has a nice look in his eyes. He's got that psychotic look in his eyes. And that to me is it's it's believable. But this this particular instance, I think, was very forced, very manufactured. And I think the crowd uh, would, would would also 
it be in lockstep with us because they felt cheated out of the finish of this, which seems like it's maybe going to bleed into the Royal Rumble. And maybe that's the whole point. We didn't get a clean finish because they're going to have a rematch at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that, that that seems to be the uh, the natural progression and the setup that they're going towards, which, fine, let's go down that road. But also, we need to uh, figure out who's going to be the clear-cut babyface, who's going to be the clear-cut heel, because this was um, very confusing for the live audience. If you notice, first they're cheering Priest, and then they're cheering Owens. And I'm going, okay, which is fine. I, I don't care. I've seen face versus face and heel versus heel before. But the fact that both are on the, the, the cusp of – being either throws a lot of confusion into it and it makes you go okay what kind of character development do we have if owens is using heel tactics but he's supposed to be a babyface and damian priest is supposed to be your babyface going in but he snaps on you it it leaves you going um how do we how do we you know sink our teeth into this how do we how do we uh, buy into it a little bit more um because it, it leaves you with it can be the world's greatest match but it leaves you very uh confused as to why we're caring what's really on the line yeah it does and uh you know it, it, it's it's something that i think wwe views kevin owens in forever is just this mid upper card they, they i don't think they'll ever view kevin owens as that top guy that's going to lead the roster to the promised land and, and i think that uh that's where they will forever view Kevin Owens. While he visits the main event, he very rarely ever has a significant title run with the top belt. Yes, he was universal champion. That was cut short by Goldberg. Um, he was handed it by, I believe, Triple H. SummerSlam, or was the Raw after SummerSlam? Something along those lines, uh, what, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. But uh, that, to me, really is damaging because I think Kevin Owens could easily be your top guy. He could easily be that guy that is uh, steering the ship. He can talk. He can perform. Yes, he he doesn't have the body that Vince wants, and that will forever be one of his detriments in Vince's eyes. But um, if he's going to be United States champion, that's better than not being on the show or being involved in some lower card uh, some lower card uh, program. But all right, let's let's continue on here in the interest of time. Okay. Do uh, do you have? Let's see. So so we just covered the United States Championship match. Let, let me just ask you, what about uh, Bianca Belair defeating Queen Zelina? I guess while it was a predictable outcome, do you feel that Queen Zelina is, while her, her record is terrible, do you think that she's benefiting from the even when she continually loses? And do you think also in turn that Bianca Belair is gaining anything by beating Queen Zelina or not? This is another spinning wheel situation. This is another one where they say, okay, uh, let's throw them out there to remind everybody that we're having a female's Royal Rumble match. They also talked about how Bianca had won it uh, last year and all that momentum. And it's like you also have to realize that all that momentum paid off in a steady year of nothing but mediocrity for Bianca Belair. So by rolling her out and talking about her great accolades from winning the Royal Rumble, you said, great, you can be locked into less than the mid card. It was the wrong person to wheel out for that situation. Um, but then again, how many female Royal Rumble winners have you had? It's it's better off putting her in a situation in an interview where she's angry about the fact that um, I don't want to say she couldn't use the term her push stopped, but her momentum stopped because she got caught up in red tape. There's other ways to word things, um, but that she plans on becoming a two time the very first ever two time uh, female Royal Royal Rumble women's champion. I can get it out. Word was there using my words and um, you can do more with that. And then have Zelina take on um, 
it could be an NXT person just just to keep her momentum going too. Because what's the point of winning the Queen of the Ring if you do nothing with it? Then again, what's the point of winning the King of the Ring? And Lord's sake, she's Latina. We don't need the fake British accent. But with it being said, it was a waste of a match, and it was very very botchy. Um, there's better things for both of them. There's better ways to use them, uh, especially Bianca in more of a uh, frustrated interview segment. And then talking about, you could just show some images of some of the people she threw out and how she plans to do it again. Short, sweet, to the point. And um, and then as far as Zelina goes, I mean, to, to make that, that crown on her head worth something. First of all, if she's a tag champion, why don't you put her in a tag match? That makes more sense. And second of all, if she's going to be the actual queen, like I said, let's preserve that that so-called upgrading and uh, just roll over an NXT hopeful or something like that. And then just have her cut a little scathing promo about, you know, the Royal Rumble's about royalty and she's the only royalty of any female in the WWE. Better way to do it. Yeah, there for whatever reason, WWE is just locked in for whoever wins the King of the Ring and or now the Queen's Crown, which is just Queen of the Ring. Why they couldn't just call it Queen of the Ring, I still don't know. So the, the Queen's Crown, um, why they feel that whoever wins these every single time that person has to go undergo some character change to have this disillusion that they are an actual king or queen and they start speaking in in uh, old 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 english like you're my peasants and how art thou and uh hear ye hear ye and they start just they carry scepters and they play dress up every week and they wear why does everyone who wins this have to go into this stage play type of mentality what why do we have to watch this i don't care if it's babyface or heel it doesn't make any sense to me all you're doing in telling the audience of whoever wins this is they're just going to play dress up for the next six to 12 months. They're not going to be really afforded any opportunities in terms of championships. It's just a way to change their character into the very stereotypical. I'm i I'm a King. You're my peasants and you're the common people. Let's get, it's the same thing over and over and over. I, I just wish that the, the person who wins the King of the ring and, or, and or queen of the ring is actually afforded something of substance, not just this, this like you know community theater. Let's you know pick up some props from uh, Spirit Halloween and uh, wear them around for the next you know year. I I don't know. I just wish it meant more, and that's why I don't really care for King of the Ring or Queen of the Ring. If they're just going to do this on a yearly basis and and trot out baby faces and heels that are delusioned into believing they're kings and queens, and also have people play along with it. That's the worst part about King Xavier is that people are playing along with it backstage and kissing his rings and, and, and yeah. you know, all these just nonsense. So I don't know if you feel the same way, but I wish it just meant more. It actually was an actual opportunity to springboard a talent forward. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Cause you look at some of the past King of the ring uh, winners and I'm, I'll keep this brief. Um, Stone cold, Steve Austin. I don't see a scepter in his hand or, or a crown um, edge. Kurt Angle, those are great examples of, okay, it, because they didn't want to put another belt on him, but they knew there was something else for him down the road. So how do you preserve? And at the time, the Intercontinental Belt did mean something. So you already have somebody on that path and that push. Um, but you're not sure if that person, whoever was Intercontinental at the time, was ready for the for the next big step up. So let's have them win the King of the Ring, which means they can bully their way into higher, you know, 
higher than intercontinental matches. It, it, it was a good stepping stone. Then it also kind of helped deflate the intercontinental title, but there's other things they did to deflate that. I also say if they're going to continue this Gaga and this, this silliness with the spirit gum and the Halloween store of now we're British and everybody has to kiss my rings. I say we go Beatles on them. You ever notice when you listen to a British band and they sing, they sound like they're American. So why don't yep. we do this? Why don't we have like Finn Balor or like Seamus? God, please not Seamus or somebody else who's who's from the United Kingdom win the title. And they just start speaking like they're from America. Let's get it back. <laughs> You're listening to the WWE podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. So you guys know I don't do a whole lot of clothing brand partnerships unless I really believe in them. And I found one of those today that I want to share with you because it's really inspiring. It's called Hustle, Grind, Grow. So the website is hustlegrindgrow.com. And who they are is really simple. They're a brand that represents people who are willing to do what other people aren't. What that means is relentlessly pushing through every obstacle to achieve your goal and reach the next level for whatever you're trying to achieve. It's for people who refuse to be outworked by anyone else. Hustle, Grind, Grow it can be applied to many different areas of your life from working towards graduation or getting your job, that job promotion that you've wanted, working out, or even starting a new job that others felt was out of your reach. This brand, th their goal is to inspire you to remember that you are capable of greatness. And all you need to do is get some hustle, grind, and grow gear, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So what kind of gear do they have? And what kind of gear do they have? Very simply, hoodies and t-shirts. And on these t-shirts and these hoodies, what does it say? Things like hard work works, change is inevitable, growth is optional. There are also others that just have the brand on it and say hustle, grind, grow. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. This gear will inspire you and it will inspire others as they see what you are working for and towards. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. You can also find them on Instagram at hustlegrindgrow1 or TikTok at hustlegrindgrow1. So check out their gear. It will inspire you. And I can guarantee that you'll be placing an order soon once you see what they have to offer. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Yeah, why not? I, I, we never see it go the other way. Uh, and yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, that would be something to see. And, and I think that your point about Zelina being, she's Latina. What the hell is she adopting this for? I, the thing with the one thing I'll give them credit for with that, though, is they, they don't pretend that she suddenly is Kofi Kingston with a Jamaican accent. And you're supposed to actually believe it because Zelina during her promos, when she gets angry, starts like going off in, in Spanish in her normal voice and then kind of correcting herself and going back. So it's very intentional that it, it that we are supposed to know that, yeah, she's adopted it, but in a way that's only supposed to annoy you, not make you actually believe that she has a British accent now. So there is that where she kind of snaps into her Latina uh, angry mode and starts speaking in Spanish and then comes back to British. I'm a queen. I need to have class and prestige. So there is that. Um, but uh, as far as this match goes, kind of circling back, you know, Bianca Belair defeating Queen Zelina is 
nothing that is going to really do anything for Bianca or hurt Zelina because it's a very predictable outcome. They tried to frame Zelina as resourceful and she's very quick witted and they tried to play on her mental game more than her physical, which makes sense because Bianca Belair is an absolute beast in the ring. She is, I got Bianca Belair to me is just such a joy to watch in the ring and has come a long way, albeit did have, as you said, kind of a mediocre year, given what she accomplished at WrestleMania, beating Sasha Banks. But uh, she can make a lot of noise in this Royal Rumble. So uh, any thoughts on that before we continue? Uh, no, not really. You know, it's it, for her, uh, basically, if she does not repeat as the Rumble winner, which I, at this point to me is very, very iffy, um, just because I, I feel that the women's division is clearly turned upside down. But that's that's a discussion for another day. Um then they have to have some kind of plan, something for her to do. And I don't mean just tag team stuff. I mean, like, there are ways to, to build storylines to have a feud that actually means something, as long as you give it proper airtime and not blow off, you know, stuff. And obviously not um, the same match that we've seen a million times. You know, I mean, give me give me just angry, butting heads, Bianca versus Rhea Ripley. Let me watch those two be the two big female hosses they are doing the things that only the two of them can do at their strength points. And I want, you know, limited pull apart segments, not like the dewdrop drop um, uh, uh, Becky Lynch that we saw tonight. But I'm talking about, you know, more more substance, more sustenance and just give me a reason to tune in. And if there's not going to be a belt on the line, because that's the, the thing, if you're not wrestling for a championship in the women's division you're just going out there as time killer to prove that you have a women's division give me a storyline and not a a montez's cheating storyline give me something else and just stick to your guns on it and if you can build those because those two will just elevate each other it'd be like one of those situations where alistair black took on buddy murphy and both are unemployed oh maybe maybe this isn't a good one but both look great coming out of it yeah sorry folks sorry if you're listening out there i apologize to both of you um but both can be elevated just out of their in-ring work we don't have to have these conference uh, you know conference calls and and debates and everything else let these two just go at it like they they hate each other and then give us a legitimate reason that doesn't involve you know infidelity and um just let them tear the house down for a few months and they'll become more of a focal point than whoever charlotte or sasha or bailey or becky or dewdrop is wrestling i mean look at the the way that the royal rumble for the women ended last year i think it was better than the way better than the men's royal rumble last year the way it ended anyway with bianca belair versus uh rhea ripley i I think those were the final two competitors and i remember watching just it it was such a great back and forth until bianca finally did win as we all know but uh, those two in the ring together is it's always magic the way their their styles complement each other they're both powerhouse women uh they're both alpha females so to speak they i i really i can't wait until they eventually lock horns again it's going to be so much fun to watch because they are their, their styles are just perfect in the ring and uh so yeah it'll, it'll eventually happen and plus you look at queen selena she's there's they're touting that she's a tag team champion women's tag team champion like it's some kind of accomplishment you're you're a tag team champion in a division that doesn't exist you don't have a women's tag team division there is no women's tag team division. You, there is no other women tag other women tag teams other than Queen Zelina and Carmella. That's it. 
It's embarrassing. I mean, how do you have a champion where no one is opposing you? I mean, I could I could wear a championship belt. It's like the equivalent of me wearing a championship belt around my house, claiming I'm the uh, I'm, I'm the I'm the champion of my home. But no one's opposing me because there's nobody in here to oppose me. I mean, I guess I have my wife and kids. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just it's unbelievably just just embarrassing and disrespectful to the women's division especially the tag team division when you you just have champions with no nobody in the division none uh so i don't know no, i agree all right yeah, yeah go because i heard your wife can do a roll-up and we all know yeah, she, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay yeah yeah that's true I, I gotta watch out for that she is capable of the roll-up so i don't want to i don't want to I, I, uh, I do have a championship belt sitting in my office here so <laughs> perhaps she is planning and plotting of when she's going to be able to just have my, I'll have my back turned in the kitchen, and she'll come around and just roll me up. Um, all right, well, uh, moving on here, I've got the, let's see, uh, the Mysterios versus the Street Profits. Mysterios end up winning this match, as well as the six women tag team matchup where Rhea Ripley and Dana and Liv Morgan did win that match via submission. So I guess talk about one or both or... None. If you don't want to have, if you don't have any comments on well, them. Well, well. As far as the females go, um, that's another one of those situations where, okay, uh, look, we have females. We have a female Royal Rumble going, so let's show as many females as possible. I get it. I understand. But that's also what cheapens the division. Is almost any time there's going to be a women's match, it's, it's, like six or more women. It's okay. We're we're forcing them out. It's look at us equal rights. You know, come on. If, if we're going to mm-hmm. do it, do it right. Um, flip side of the coin with the street profits and the Mysterios and dirty dogs and everything else. It's like the, it, it becomes the, anybody can turn on anybody cause you have no friends in the Royal rumble. We get it. We get it. Cause we've been dealing with, with this cliche since the second Royal rumble. Cause the first one was a surprise that I watched on the USA network. Okay. And there was no lead up. We didn't know what we were going to get. And Lord knows if hacksaw Jim Duggan actually got that WrestleMania title shot, the world would be a different place. But, um, so that's, that's what these segments were. And it, it's, it's, it's to emphasize that you have, you have no friends and they're almost like back to back kind of things. You know, it's, uh, the, the, the women have no friends and the men have no friends. And it, wh- whoever you're tagging with today could be the last person in the ring with you tomorrow. Can you throw them over the rope? Even if it's your own son, what if it's your father? What if it's, you know, the janitor? What if it's Ralphus who used to walk Chris Jericho to the ring? We don't know, but can you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if Johnny Knoxville, you can, any celebrity that comes in just embarrasses the uh, wrestler. So, I mean, John, if, if you're Johnny Knoxville, which is just, a, just uh, I don't know, guys, like, <laughs> I know we're not talking about SmackDown, but uh, man, it, you know, if this was 20 years ago, this might be like a halfway cool thing to do. But maybe Vince McMahon is just kept catching up on reality TV. I don't know. Uh, I mean, from 20 freaking years ago. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're they're just uh, unfortunately, it feels like they're checking a box, like they're looking at their sheet, going, oh, "We need more women's representation. We need more women on the show." Even though there's there's not really a program going on here, let's just throw all the women in one segment that we haven't done anything with tonight, and it, we'll check the box and can say, "See, they they all get on the mat, all, all on the show." Unfortunately for them, this is a short match, and yes, it had Ripley win via submission after she put applied i think it's the prism trap i think that's the 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 name of it yeah um and so carmella loses who cares carmella loses almost every match she's in um 
I mean, the only on the ha- only halfway interesting program they have going on with any of these six women is Nikki turning heel, which I think is long overdue. I'm a big fan of Nikki turning heel. I thought her gimmick to begin with was uh, it was a heel gimmick in 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 hiding, essentially, of her just delusional that she's almost a superhero. I was never a fan of that. Some people loved it, and that's great. I couldn't stand it. So her in this role makes sense. And Rhea wanting to get her hands on Nikki is, to me, the only story that I seem to care about in this entire um, six-woman tag match. Uh, What did you think about the Rey Mysterio um, tag team match? You know, I mean, high spots. You know, uh, to me, it's – I love Ray. Okay, I've I've always had a really soft spot for Ray, and of course the focus is what's Dominic doing. It's been that way since Dominic has come in. We know this, and of course, I mean you watch Montez. Montez and Ray are going to do stuff that that just will blow your mind. If if you guys let these guys just go, um, it would just be insanity. But it would be almost borderline gymnastics. Um, I mean it's rushed. To me, the the at, at the end of the day, it's more the storyline underneath, and it was just more to get the point across that everybody's going to turn on everybody in the rumble. That's 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 all I really get out of it. Match decent, okay, filler. Um, it was kind of pointless, really, because there's no payoff to it. That's that's the only thing is the, the the whole payoff to having these two teams go against each other because there's no real. As far as I knew, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't announce any kind of contendership or anything like that going into this match, right? There's no steps? No. Yeah. Nope. So with them both leading into the babyface territory and uh, no sign of Dawkins or um, Dominic turning on their respected partners, um, really the, the, the whole message to this and, and the whole thing behind it was – What's going to happen in the Royal Rumble? Can you trust your own partner or your own family? That's that's all I got out of it. But you know, it was it was okay. It was forced. You know, I don't mean it in any yeah. way. It's it's basically it was to to get the point across. That's that's what that, and that's the only thing this this match was good for. Yeah, it's the same narrative every yeah. single yeah. year with the Rumble. Every time, and then you're, there's always somebody inevitably that tosses somebody else over the top rope, and the announcers, by decree, must say, "If this was on, if this was at the Royal Rumble, they would have been eliminated." Like they almost have to play pretend that they're in the Rumble, and as if they're t- sending somebody over the top rope, Byron will be sure to jump in and say, "They're sending a message that at the Rumble, you know, somebody's sending a message or making a statement." And then you have, uh, you, I don't know, uh, who was Jimmy Smith say, "If that was on Saturday, that would have they would have been." It's like, yeah, I know, you know, it's 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 the same thing as if we don't know what the hell the Royal Rumble event means. It's like it's like. Uh, having them every single time there's a triple threat telling us as if this is the first time we've ever heard it's a triple threat and what the rules mean. There's no disqualification. The championship's at a disadvantage. They don't need to be involved in the decision to lose. It's this. It's like, it's like that. Um, and, and they may say, well, what about new fans? New fans probably even know like what the hell the Royal Rumble is. They, they can very quickly catch on. And by the way, the rules are also announced at the very beginning of the match every single time. The ring announcer will say the rules of the match, and they often put graphics up yes. about the rules of the match. So I don't want to hear about any of this, like, oh, i got to tell the audience what this is. No, you don't. You don't need to tell anybody. Everybody knows what it is, and if you don't, they've already Googled it anyway. If they're brand new to wrestling, they've Googled it. What's the Royal Rumble? What are the rules? End of story. So anyway, yeah, this match was uh, – it, 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 
it was fine. All four competitors are very, very talented, especially, as you said, Rey Mysterio and Montez Ford. Montez Ford is otherworldly in his uh, in his athleticism. I think Montez Ford is a future world champion. I don't know when. I'm not saying in 2022, maybe 2023 or beyond. But Montez Ford is clearly the star of that group, and I, I really love what he can do in the ring. Um, and Rey Mysterio being on the cover of the new video game coming out with WWE 2K22 I think that they may showcase him a little bit more in the coming months just so that their cover boy on the, of the video game doesn't get buried. They're probably, they, they have to do something with Rey Mysterio and Dominic, or specifically Rey Mysterio, over the next uh, few months until the game comes out in mid-March. So look out for Rey Mysterio to probably have a little bit of momentum over the next couple of months. Yeah, it, it's... Um... Keep it fresh in your minds. You know that that that's where it is. Let's keep it. He's on the cover of the video game. Let's make sure. First of all, this Mysterio turn that we all know is going to happen eventually. Um, do you feel? And we'll we'll make this real quick. Do you feel it's at this point overdue, or do you still see it marinating, and that it just needs one more element to really pop off and make it uh, live event worthy? Uh. Premier live event. Uh, it's, it's, it's premier live event. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I thought they were about to do it a, a number of months ago when they started to get angry with each other. They were losing matches and it was inadvertently because the other one would come out to try to help. And I was like, here we go. They're finally going to do this. And then it's just stopped. It just stopped. And out of the blue, everything's OK. Dominic's calling his dad pops backstage and giving him a hug. You know, he, he's doing, you know, they're holding each other on the way to the ring and skipping and laughing and you know, all this garbage. And I was like, no, because they can make a hell of a program out of this. But I, the last week on Raw, I believe Dominic threw Ray outside of the ring to, quote unquote, teach him a lesson about not trusting anybody in the Rumble. That was the message sent last week. So I think that, number one, yes, it is long overdue. Number one, it absolutely is. It, Dominic Mysterio is, is somebody that you know is good in the ring. He's there only because of his last name, but he's good in the ring. But he has about the, he has the personality of, you, you know, a houseplant. Unfortunately, he just he has he has no personality. And, and it's he, or if he does, he hasn't been able to emote it on TV. So I think that this would infinitely help his career. He'd be able to work with his dad. Uh, while he's still able to to do so, their storyline to pull off of from back in 2004 when Eddie Guerrero tried to claim that he was his father and take custody, he could say that that how damaging it was psychologically and how I kept this inside. You don't know how much how many how much therapy I've had to go through, the damage that was done, and you didn't care. Like there's there's just so much you could pull from, and it would also give Dominic an actual personality, something you could go, oh, that's what Dominic's really like. He isn't just you know, an inanimate object, um, you know, so th there is there's absolutely it's overdue. And if I see signs of it, it should be at the Rumble where one of them throws the other one out. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt it's overdue due too because I, I think the marinade we're past the, the gestation of marinating. OK, we've we've got the background. We've got, you know, we, we've got history on it going back to what you say, 2004 with the Eddie storyline. Mm -hmm. And um you know, when Dominic eventually turns on him, if Ray's going to retire, the best way to do it, we start the Rumble. I don't know if you'd retire him at Mania. I would have it go all the way to SummerSlam um, just because it's it's too forced to make it that short. And if it's going to be Ray's send-off, if he's actually going to retire, the best way to do it is after Dominic thoroughly trounces his father. Like, a good competitive match, and at the end, he goes like Brock Lesnar, psycho, like multiple power bombs, like something we're not seeing out of the, the New Day luchador. We're seeing something like 
power wrestling that's just brutal and then destroy his father rip his father's mask off okay you take the mask away tell him he shamed him and and send him out on a stretcher send his own father bloody out on a stretcher and then after that dominic takes on the the persona um and instead of wearing the mask he wears a new mask that he fancies out of his father's that shows his face but just covers the top of his head and the sides. Now, as silly as it sounds, folks, listen to me, because he's not ashamed to show his face like his father was. And it's the mask. It's the mysterious mask. Of course, you have to alter it for Dominic's Sputnik head. Sorry, Dominic, but it's true. And mm-hmm. I would have like what looks like blood stains on it and torn patches out of it. But I would want him like when he tears it off his father to destroy the nose bridge and the eyes. So that way, when he makes it his own mask, that's all gone. And so then when he evolves and keeps wearing a different style mask, it always shows his face kind of like Vader, but a little bit different where it's showing more of the face. And it's because he's become his own man. He's out of the shadows and he's not ashamed of who he is. That's how we kick off Dominic Mysterio, and that's how, if he has this, if Moppy, Perry Saturn's old, oh God, I'm Moppy <laughs> had more personality than Dominic, and now I've written him some personality, and so he doesn't have to cut promos all the time when he just tells people off, and I would even have him, like, when he's in interviews, not wearing the mask, just holding it and, like, rubbing it, like he's mocking it mocking part of his own heritage and then when he goes to the ring you see him put it on he even looks disgusted when he goes to put it on but it's not like a damien priest that changes who he is it's him just spitting on that heritage hmm. I, I, you know look sign me up where do i sign is what i say to that it, it, it would help everyone ray mysterio i i actually do believe ray mysterio would be honored to be uh have his final match against his son <laughs> It would help his son's career. There's really no better way to have a win-win there. Dominic would instantly be a hated heel. He'd get a personality. And it sounds a little morbid. I, I, I would love the blood. Unfortunately, I don't think with the PG product, it probably wouldn't happen. I would love it. Uh, but it is a little bit Leatherface, isn't it? Like he's essentially skinning his father's face yeah. in a very not, I mean, obviously the mask, but then carrying it around and wearing it like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre dumbed down but it's the same concept in kind of a sick twisted way so that is i i I love that um i just i have my doubts that wwe would do this i could just see Rey mysterio having his final match with i I don't know against whoever and dominic's ringside and they both hug each other and they cry and everyone cheers and Rey mysterio goes off into the sunset you know whenever that may be maybe it's in 2022 or who knows but I could also equally see an opportunity like that, which is unfortunate, but it's very WWE-like to do something like that. Um, but okay, um, with not too much time left here. Uh, what do you think about Alexa Bliss and her um, really not too much of a change in character, but these therapy sessions on her quote-unquote journey back to Raw? I don't know what to make of it. I, Michael Gross, the gardener, am speechless. We were fed a segment that has nothing to do with anything. Um, I get the fact that they're trying to resurrect her into the women's scene which of course is going to happen at the rumble if they don't then the whole point of this build-up is just inane but uh let's get down to brass tacks and baseball bats we are watching into a therapy session why would there be a camera in the therapy session this is one of those things that e in the wwe gets the best of our um viewing time uh it's of course we get it okay so she blacked out and she she beat up the other girls and they never came back i'm not an idiot okay ray charles can see it and stevie wonder pointed it out let's let's be honest this is just water thin so 
what I think of the segment is it's just a waste of five minutes. There's other ways to re, re, reintroduce her. We don't have to talk about her having therapy. I don't care if she's just in the background sitting by herself, sitting on a blanket, reading a book. That would do more for me and make more sense with a candle by her. And someone just walks by and looks at her and she just gives him a look and then goes back to her book. I can do more with that and imagine it in my mind. Why is she in the back and ask more questions in my mind from something like that than I can one of these therapy sessions with some god awful uh, day player actor? No, and I'd imagine that based on this, with Lily being destroyed by Charlotte, she should go after Charlotte when she returns. But the weirdest thing about this character. I don't even hate the character. She does a good job with what she's given because she's all in on it, and I respect that. Even if it's a bad character at times or just a hokey character at times, she is all in, and she's a good actress, and that really helps. And she, she is committed to her role, and I respect that. Uh, But the weirdest thing about this is that she's been in a in a a role with this character where she's essentially 95% backstage. And I don't just mean with this therapy session, how many weeks after last year's WrestleMania, did we see Alexa bliss just in her playground, sitting in her playground, sitting on a swing. She's not really wrestling. There's just like what other character is just sitting backstage in these vignettes. Alexa bliss is good in the ring. Why are we not seeing her actually in the ring wrestling? Do they feel that she is just the the E part of wrestling? Only the entertainment? She has wrestling to give. She's good in the ring. She's not top, top, top tier, but she's good enough, certainly good enough to be on Raw and, and could be in a program that's meaningful instead of just sitting her backstage like they've done for the last you know 365 days doing these segments that the fans go, all right, we've seen Alexa. Can we just put her in the ring? Like, I, I mean, I'm sure fans are like, yeah, she, she's got a, a gimmick that is dark. We want to see what she can do with it. We want to see, you know, is Lily going to come back? Some people care about that. I don't, I hope Lily never comes back, but um, I, I just, to me, either put her in the ring or don't, you can't have her sit backstage. She's probably been the highest paid and least bumped wrestler on the roster over the last active, active performer over the last year. I mean, she has been able to, and barring injuries, she's been able to just essentially create, um, create like a sitcom backstage for herself without actually having to take like more than 10 bumps in a year. It's you know, good for her, but, I don't know. I want to see this character in the ring actually, you know, wrestling on a wrestling show. It, it would be amazing. And like you said, she might not be in the Charlotte Sasha Banks um, tier of wrestling, but she's definitely in the second tier. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, I think even though it would be the, the, the battle of the five footers, I, I think a great match would be Zelina Vega and, and Alexa oh, yeah. Bliss. One, we've never seen it. Um, and two, they're both really good. Now, Zelina is in the bubble between second tier and top tier. People do not believe me. Just look what she did in, in the May Young Classic. Look at her matches as Tia Trinidad. The girl's way more talented than what they know what to do with her. Um, with that being said, and Alexa is pretty amazing if they let her wrestle. Uh, yeah. The only thing that could be detrimental to her would be ring rust. And we don't know if she's you know doing – you know like – we don't know if before Raw if she's actually going out there and wrestling some of the women to keep up or not. I hope she is because I do enjoy her in the ring. Uh, she's She can sell. She can sell like no one's business. She has the athleticism. Sure, she's going to have to rely on stuff like, like um, Zelina as far as 
the takeovers, the, or, um, not takeover, what I'm look, looking for, like, um, code reds and things like that, like the high flyer, mm. you know, head scissors, things like that, because she, I don't see her pulling out a scoop slam on anybody anytime soon. But what she can do, she sells well and she owns it. And yeah, let's, let's do something with her in the ring. This segment was just a waste of our time. That's really what that was to me. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't hate it as much as you. I'd give it like a C. It was, it was okay for me. Um, but that, that's it. Let, let's, uh, let's go to another segment here. Edge and Beth Phoenix end up predictably in getting themselves involved in the, uh, the, the whole Murray celebration, birthday celebration. So really quickly, what did you think about that? Another, you know how I felt about it. The Miz was involved. That's, that's the ratings killer right there. I guess they put him at the end of the show so everybody could go to bed early. Um, well, what I got out of it is better than predictable because at least nobody was in the big box. Of course, we had the the uh, reference to seven, the old what's in the box thing. Come on. I get it. OK, it was Brad Pitt's worst acting ever. Um, and, you know, of course, the brick being there. OK, I get You know, they, they made a good point. Like, OK, why we have a big brick out here. You know, then I was expecting them, maybe Edge or somebody to be under the table. I don't know if you were kind of expecting that, too. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was a segment. It, it I don't see it as the go-home segment on a Raw going into a major live event. Um, but I, I guess to further that storyline, it's just not a marquee enough event to put it as the end of your go home raw. That's that, that was my, my big yeah. biggest problem with that's the opener. Um, it's, you know, and then you, I, I, if I could rearrange raw, I would have done it as, uh, that is the opening segment just to get it out of the way. Uh, because the, I don't see many people saying, Oh, I just can't wait to watch this match. I, I it's an intergender tag match. I, I don't care. Um, so then, you know, it, it was just a waste at the end. It, it should have been the opener just to get it out of the way. And then people actually paid attention to it a little bit more. And then I would have put Brock and Bobby Lashley as the middle segment of, of all of raw. And then you could have ended uh, raw on a high note with, with an actual wrestling match, you know, maybe put, put that um, Owens and Damian priest at the end. Uh, it would have just had a little bit, a little bit more oomph to it. I think. Yeah, it, it was weird, I, and I know that really Edge was the reason that they decided to make it at the end, yeah. because Edge has the most star power, and look, I, I'm a huge Edge fan, I get it. Um, okay, uh, so here's some quick-hitting questions about the Royal Rumble sure. for you, uh, and I'm just going to go through the top matches here, the top uh, few matches, and, and get, get your thoughts. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, who wins and why? Bobby Lashley wins. It's long overdue to have these two go against each other and because they always want the big money rematch of Roman Reigns versus Lesnar for the 5,000th time. So big money is going on big money, Bobby, on this one. And besides, if we can believe that anybody's going to beat Brock Lesnar, it's someone who probably could actually beat Brock Lesnar. Um, I'm not saying – Does he do it clean? Uh, that's, that's the whole thing that's up in the air because we don't know – this is this is just like the Kevin Owens Damian Priest thing. We don't know who's the face, who's the heel. I know. MV, yeah. MVP is, can play that. MVP and Lesnar. Just let me have those two debate all night. It's great, great watching those two on the stick. Um, and you've got those two intangibles, so it can go either way with the screwy wonky finish. There's nobody in their right mind that would interfere in that without getting killed by the two of those bulldozers. Um, so I don't see the only, the only people who can interfere are the managers, and. Um, so it's not going to be the hurt lock. If it's anything, it's the spear. 
it's going to be you know, about, yeah, right. it, it yeah. has to be the spear. And, um, I'm just curious to see what this Haas on Haas match is going to be like and how we're going to pull this off. How are we going to pull this off? But Bobby Lashley has to win so they can inevitably do Roman Reigns versus Lesnar one more time for WrestleMania. And hopefully that whole thing is done. But the problem is once it's done, they're not going to know what to do with Lesnar unless he goes hunting Bobby Lashley again. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Um, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns definitely because that's that WrestleMania setup. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, Royal Rumble winner for the men and women. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and actually say that Bianca Belair is the female repetition. She is going to be the first and probably only ever woman to win it twice and do it twice in a row. And the first person they had to mention in 23 years to do it. Um, well, she'll be the first woman ever and then the first person in 23 years to win back-to-back Rumbles. Um, just because I think that they're going to try to correct all the mistakes that they made in the past year with her falsified and stunted push. Um so we're going with Bianca Belair on this one, definitely. And for the men's, um, so we have to look at if Bobby Lashley is going to win it all, then who are we going to build to take him on? And that that one is just too confusing. The I hate to say Big E because I don't want to see that rematch. I don't want to see that in any way. I just don't know where that's going to go. This one is the hardest one to predict because they're setting up Lesnar versus Reigns again. We all know this. So – Lesnar is not going to be in the Rumble, but if he bullies his way into it, then it's him, and that sets up he versus Reigns, and then they've got time to try to pick and choose whoever's going to go against Lashley. So this one, believe it or not, folks, I'm going to say is too hard to call because they've done a really good job of not building up enough main event level caliber talent for the top tier. <laughs> and that is one unintended side effect that they've had, and, and, and it's not something I'm sure they wanted as far as their inability to create new stars and big stars, but the, their their inability to create new stars, big stars, actually has one positive effect in that you don't know who the hell is going to win because there is just everyone seems like on a level playing field. Exactly. So there is that level. That, that is one thing, yeah, so I, I'd agree on that. But uh, all right, uh, any final comments or, or closing uh, statements you'd like to make before we – close things out okay as far as the before we close things out what i'm, uh, I'm going to say is here are my royal rumble predictions for all your surprise entrants okay we're going to make it real easy we're going to get walter i mean gunther i mean walter um probably uh john morrison uh these, these are your so-called surprises eric rowan uh cory graves makes his in-ring return um if Edge somehow ends up in the Royal Rumble also, for the first time in many years, Gangrel comes back. Please, no. No. Okay. For a guitar versus guitar segment, Elias versus Boogs. In a, in, a, in a situation that nobody wants to see, including yours truly. And then finally making it to the ring after all these years, Curtis Axel gets into the Rumble. Okay. Well, no, he's still in the Rumble. Remember, he ha- he never was eliminated from like the Rumble he was involved in. He's he's going on many years now, like several years. So, so that's yeah. that that's going to be your surprises. And what's going to happen is when you tune tune into the Royal Rumble, you're going to hear this phrase over and over again. You never know what's going to happen here in the WWE. You're going to hear that so many times. You never know what to expect, especially during Royal Rumble season. And of course, they're going to have to dust off one old person. So like. Uh, a little older, like Lawler or some other legend that 
shouldn't be in there that has no no chance in winning um it, it cheapens the product when you have johnny knoxville in there who's never going to win it maybe drew carey comes out of retirement maybe kane shows up and of course you have to talk about how he held the the record for eliminations until roman reigns came along so on and so forth anybody hoping for john moxley forget it guys it's not going to happen um anybody else you're thinking from impact it's probably not going to happen. I'm going to say probably uh, the one person I would like to say or see in there that could come off of the um, outside, you know, from, from, from a different promotion that might cause a little stir, maybe Nick Aldis, the former Magnus who was the champion of the NWA for a long time, just because the NWA doesn't have contract strangle holds as much. So they might be able to buy him out for one day, pay Billy Corgan some money and say, Hey, let's, can we use Nick? We'll, we'll make him look good. Have him do a couple of eliminations and then pop him out. Um, it would be good and beneficial to the NWA. Of course, you're going to have NXT people in there. Maybe, um, at this point, maybe Braun Breaker. Uh, I can see him. So that's that's what I see as far as your surprise entrance. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Brock Lesnar does make his way in the Rumble, personally, and has a has a nice little face-to-face with Omas. That's going to be a fun little uh, kind of face-to-face, teasing a future matchup at some point. That's going to be, while Omas is very limited in the ring, the visual of Brock Lesnar versus Omas will get a lot of people excited. Um, so, yeah, and, and I'll save my predictions for later in the week. I still am going to cop out and say I don't have them yet. Um, but also in the interest of time. But uh, it, it has been so much fun having you back. Yes, I'm glad that you know uh, you were able to make some time here, and I was able to carve out some time here as I, I think I hear my child screaming. So this is going to be fun. Um, but before I go, uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Sure. Everybody can find me on Twitter at 144Captain. And a real quick shout-out to a couple of people, and I'll keep this brief. Um, some some newer followers since uh, last I've been on the show, uh, a guy named Joel, Joel Postle, I believe. He's from Brisbane. Uh, a gentleman named Dennis McGinley who did ask me a very important wrestling question that I have to answer, and it's about the NWO ever coming back. And I've got a way to spin that to make it actually must-see TV, but I can't do it right now. Um, a gentleman named Mario Gamaya, I haven't seen in a long time, big wrestling fan. His, his knowledge goes beyond me, years before me, and anybody knows that's quite a bit. Um, and some people that uh, I like to visit uh, here in uh, Louisville, uh, they work at a place called the Public House. It's over on Bardstown Road. Uh, Luke and Tatiana, Dylan and Josh, uh, they're the people who run the place, and I have a fantastic time. And if you ever go there, uh, enjoy a Jerry the King lager. Uh, it's very tasty. And uh, one more message for my employee, Jackson. Get back to work. I know you're listening. <laughs> Called out on a, on a national podcast. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, get back to work, man. Get back to work. But also listen to us. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much, buddy. It's been a blast, and we will make this a more regular thing as I get back into normal life and uh, things are calming for you, and uh, hopefully all is well on your end, too. So thanks so much for popping on tonight. Oh, thank you very much. Always humbled. Everybody, you have a great time, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. So you guys know I don't do a whole lot of clothing brand partnerships unless I really believe in them. And I found one of those today that I want to share with you because it's really inspiring. It's called Hustle, Grind, Grow. So the website is hustlegrindgrow.com. And who they are is really simple. They're a brand that represents people who are willing to do what other people aren't. What that means is relentlessly pushing through every obstacle to achieve your goal and reach the next level for whatever you're trying to achieve. 
It's for people who refuse to be outworked by anyone else. Hustle, grind, grow. It can be applied to many different areas of your life from working towards graduation or getting your job, that job promotion that you've wanted, working out, or even starting a new job that others felt was out of your reach. This brand, their goal is to inspire you to remember that you are capable of greatness. And all you need to do is get some hustle, grind, and grow gear, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So what kind of gear do they have? And what kind of gear do they have? Very simply, hoodies and t-shirts. And on these t-shirts and these hoodies, what does it say? Things like hard work works, change is inevitable, growth is optional. There are also others that just have the brand on it and say hustle, grind, grow. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. This gear will inspire you and it will inspire others as they see what you are working for and towards. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. You can also find them on Instagram at hustlegrindgrow1 or TikTok at hustlegrindgrow1. So check out their gear. It will inspire you. And I can guarantee that you'll be placing an order soon once you see what they have to offer. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.